you. Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the auction community studios, except not today, Wolf. We are live from Salt River Field. Spring training has officially begun. It began over the weekend, I guess, for real. But it is the Wolf and Luke show. We are out here in some pretty beautiful spring training weather, I have to say. Yeah, this is not bad right here, Luke. I like the fact you played a little psych, a little psych right there. Does anyone say psych anymore right now? Any of you young crugs walking around? Does anyone went out actually in like 1982, say maybe? psych anymore? I think they do. Do, Luke. Uh, don't hold me to that. I think they do from time to time right now. But I like that the way you are live from the auction. No, we're not. I still got to get the read in we're there. Actually at some out point. Here. Well, of course. We're out here at Salt River Fields. What a beautiful day to be out here as well, my brother. Yeah, it is. Uh, we got D backs Cubs coming up at 110. So we are going to get to see a little baseball here for the final hour of the show as well. And then, of course, the D backs finally going to beat down West Virginia later on this evening at 640. <laughs> <laughs> the one school that needs to lose to the D backs. How does that taste, Wolf? It was really, really kind of cool because I uh, just love being out here again and seeing some of the West Virginia logos being out here as well carried around. That, that is a big surprise right there. They play them every year. Of course, and I think a lot of that has got to do with Ken Kendrick, of course, and the fact that he is from WVU, from West Virginia, I ought to say. Um, a guy who's very, very proud in his alma mater. Uh, so we got basketball to start things off, though, and we're going to do a lot of D-backs, obviously, throughout the show. we got D-backs, Cubs, spring training really got started for them over the weekend. Gabriel Moreno already hit a home run for uh, for the hardcore fans of that trade, giving up Dalton Varsho, but getting a couple pieces back. But we got to start Suns-Wolf. Uh, a really entertaining game yesterday. I don't. Maybe I shouldn't say great because it got ugly at times, but kind of a preview of what we all hope we're seeing in a few months: Suns Bucks rematch, and then just mix Kevin Durant and Giannis in there too to raise it up a couple notches. Yeah, that was the thing that was so weird. Um, this game was great. This was a competitive game. It felt like a playoff game. This, it, it felt exactly like a playoff game. It was super competitive based on only the defense that was being played. Not a surprise. It was a huge part of this game. Um, yes, no Giannis, no KD. And yet it was still a great game right there. Um, could be a little precursor to what may lie ahead for the Phoenix Suns if, in fact, they can do it. But we're not going to skip steps. We are not going to I'm do ready that. ready to skip some steps. Uh, no way. I am not going to. No, please don't do that because I want to badly. And at the same time, well, the, the former professional athlete in me is screaming. Do you have any idea what could go wrong? Oh, a lot between, could go wrong. I'm not, I'm not skipping when you steps. Actually might actually play the Bucks again. I, in I'm, the I'm not skipping those steps. I'm just ready to skip steps to the point where Kevin Durant plays a game for the Suns. I'm oh, ready to oh. skip ahead to Wednesday. I'm ready to okay, skip one, I'm ready. one tiny step. That's right. Uh, somebody just lock arms right now uh, like uh, the, the Wizard of Oz, and let's start skipping, shall we? <laughs> Google it. My well, we're all friends. wearing the exact same jacket here. We all walked in. That's the other thing that's Salt kind of River weird Fields. out there right now. Here we are at Salt River Fields, and we are hanging out here based on our names. We're going to be here tomorrow as well, yep. and yet um, we all wore the exact same pullover. There's the basically Arizona five sport. of us walking around. Yes, uh, the torso, of course. I call it the torso blue. The torso blue and the arms black. Now imagine that. That's what it is right there with a little Arizona Sports logo, and all of us 
all five of us that are here from the station wore the exact same pullover. We even won. And nobody tried to coordinate this. No, no, this is how in tune we are today, Um, even though I forgot to look at like eight things before the show. We even all have the one with the logo right on the front, too. You could have the sleeve logo. That's not the way we're rolling today. No, no way. Five of us walking around here. We're the only five people in the stadium right now, all dressed the same. And I notice you've got the Sun Devil hat on as well, though. Well, they had a pretty uh, good game over the weekend. (laughs) Figured, you know, Wolf, it's all about keeping the sun out of my eyes. That's all this is. Exactly. But feel free to notice that logo. Logo every every Boy, segment. Can you, you taste like. that Tucson? We asked this morning. I'm no, sure you can. They're just fine. Yes, but uh, if it gets fine. ASU in the tournaments, right. <laughs> uh, all right. This um, that that game yesterday could have been the last uh, last Suns game we see for a while without Kevin Durant. At least that's the hope. Thought DeAndre Ayton played well at times, and then he kind of had a few moments where it was like, all right. But you know what I was encouraged by, Wolf? Um, Devin Booker could not hit a shot early in the game, and they hung around anyway. And yeah. as we've said a million times, if you just hang around in the game, if you don't fall behind by 25 at halftime, Devin Booker will start hitting his shots, and he did in the second half. Yeah, no, he did. Um, no doubt about it. Uh, I thought the offensive glass in the first half in particular, the Suns were absolutely all over it. Did a great Great job on the offensive glass, um, and that really kept them in the game, I think, for the most part. I, I just want to back up again, and the Bucks are a good team, man. Yeah. They are a super, super good team. They've won 14 in a row now, and what I liked about it was, okay, no Giannis, of course, and no KD. Um, that kind of feels like a big deal on both parts right there, obviously. A bit of a wash, maybe you would say. But maybe not in terms of physicality, but in terms of athleticism overall and scoring ability overall. I think that's pretty much a wash right there. Um, but the Suns were right there. They were right there in this game, had the lead in this game. And the the thing that was so uncharacteristic is the way they kind of dismantled in crunch time. Yeah, Milwaukee's a problem, and you may never see them. I mean, you you can get where you want to go this season without necessarily going through Milwaukee. Right. Right. Drew Holiday, and Drew Holiday's a great player, but he just seems to ramp it up when he's playing against the Suns for whatever reason. And I I get it, he had to yesterday with no Giannis, but that's a good basketball team. That, That, to me, is a reminder... Because you just said it right there, no KD, but they didn't have Giannis. That, to me, is a reminder that even even when KD's healthy and playing, it's not just a given that the Suns are going to run right, right through everybody. Because if you add KD and Giannis to that game yesterday, do you think it's a given that the Suns win that game? I don't. I think they probably should, but I don't think it's a given. No, I'm with you. I'm with you 100% on that. Um, but Giannis I love can put the up fact, 45. I love the fact that, okay, KD, we're all looking on Wednesday that KD is going to come and he's going to play, of course. We're, we're going to finally see. Kevin Durant in a Suns uniform, and he's going to be out there, and he's going to be competing. I absolutely love that. Again, Charlotte, of course, but for me right now, um, I love the fact the Suns played what felt like a playoff game. That was the, the number one thing about this game I really enjoyed, and I think it's important for these guys to start getting into that mentality right now. I, listen, I, I wish that every player went out and played every game whether it was the first game of an 82-game season or the last game of an 82-game season and into the playoffs. Exactly. 
like they played the game before. I wish they approached every game. Basin audience, that is the way to do it. My young crunk brothers, if you are trying to train your mind to be an athlete, train your mind and you want to compete at the highest level our species can generate, you have to train your mind to approach every game exactly as the last game and exactly as you will the next game. You've got to treat each game exactly the same. Don't empha- don't put points of emphasis on one over the other. We all understand when you get into the postseason, the pressure is ratcheted up. We all get that and understand it. But as a professional athlete, the thing you want to do is approach every game exactly the same. Because that's who you are. You want to focus, hyper-focus on the process, not the end result. Because if you look at the end result, it's going to smash you in the face. It's going to blow up in your face. You need to focus on the process. Every game, treat it the same. And that's what I'm hoping for. That right now, this mentality, these these last 21 games, the mentality is going to be there with the Phoenix Suns. That this is about what we're going to do next. But we're going to treat every game exactly the same, especially when KD comes back. Kind of weird, Wednesday. though, to, to see Jay Crowder on the other team. That was strange. Okay, the Jay Crowder thing, man, it, it ratcheted up the intensity right there. And then Crowder scored seven points, six of them in crunch time. <laughs> Two th- Freeze. That was a kick in the cradle for the most part for the Phoenix Suns. All right, we come back. We are out here at Salt River Fields. What are our expectations for the D-backs this season? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, live from Salt River Fields. Yeah, I don't know if there's a better place to be right now, Wolf. Just kind of, this is like the official end to uh, winter in Phoenix. Just sitting out here in the sun and left field. They're cutting the grass. Yeah, this weekend, too, man. I mean, it was kind of nasty. You it had was. some rain. It was a, little, but once, a lot of cloud. <laughs> everybody knows the rule, though. Once you go to a spring training game, winter ends. And so now we're here. So as of 1 o'clock, we'll kind of feels that way right now, doesn't it? Watch. My goodness. Here like we go. Freezing out here tomorrow, and I'm going to feel like an idiot. But right now, it's perfect. Well, we'll worry about tomorrow when we get to tomorrow. How about that? Worry about me being this an idiot. This is beautiful right here. Are you kidding me? I got the sun at my back, Basinonians. What more could you ask? I'm doing the whole uh, sunglasses with a hat thing. Have you ever done that? I, don't, um, I never do that. I, I have done that. It's a weird yeah. feeling. And then you get the headphones. Right. I feel like I'm wearing a helmet yeah. over here. It's a nice hat, though. That's not bad. What, what's the logo on the it's front again? Bad. I can't well, see it. Sun it's the sun double. Okay. Yes. Yeah, just making sure. Um, yeah, so D-backs are going to play the Cubs this afternoon at 1 o'clock. They'll play uh, one ten, one ten rather, and then West Virginia tonight at 6.40. But, um, Wolf, let's go big picture with this. That's the D-backs, the over-under for wins, I believe, is 74.5. You got a couple more teams making the playoffs now than you did, you know, five, six years ago. It kind of got messed up with all the, the pandemic stuff, and they added a bunch of teams. But now the opportunity... Is, uh, is more plentiful to make the playoffs in baseball. You don't just have to win your division, which is good because the NL West is loaded. There's a lot of different places we could start with the D-backs, but I don't know how you don't start in the outfield with the youth and the uh, the upside this team has out there. You know what's amazing about that, Luke? I, I, I know exactly what you're saying, yet at the same time I disagree with you. If, in fact, really? they're going to surprise, if they're going to surprise I expect these young guys, the outfielders, I expect Alec Thomas. Uh, I really expect Corbin Carroll, Jake McCarthy. I, I expect these guys to actually get better 
each of them to take an individual step forward in their Major League Baseball career this year. I expect them to continue to develop and get better. Yet, I think the key that holds the gate, so to speak, to the kingdom is going to come down to their starting rotation and how well the rotation actually pitches. And not only that, how long they do. Well, The health of that rotation is going to be critical. I, I, I don't disagree with the idea that if they're going to hang around in the wild card race, they're going to have to get some some impressive pitching from somebody other than just Zach Allen. You know, I, I look at 74 wins, and I'm like, okay, well, this team, I, they should be better than they were last year, right? Last year they improved significantly wins-wise over the year before, but that yes. wasn't that hard to do, as, yes. as Mike Hazen told us a few times last year. I still think they will get better this year, but there are a couple guys, like, do you really... How much more can you expect from Zach Gallen this year? So if you're going to get better, you're going to need to get more from some of the other starting pitchers. Yeah, you know, once again, um, their bullpen, I believe, is going to be the weakness of this team. We'll have to wait and see how that transpires. But their rotation, so much of what they do right now is going to be their rotation with Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, of course, Madison Bumgarner, Zach Davies, and then whomever that fifth starter is going to be, a young guy, uh, most likely trying to uh, make his way and start building a career in Major League Baseball. But that rotation has got to go out, stay healthy, number one, and somehow, some way, offer some consistent outings for this team. So that these young guys can actually develop and manufacture an awful lot of runs. And the crazy thing about this, my brothers, is the fact that the Major League Baseball rule changes that has happened for this season specifically, it's like they were designed for the Diamondbacks and the style of play the Diamondbacks want to actually issue and go out and try to execute. The uh, you remember last year when Zach Allen went six straight starts without giving up a run, and he went three months without uh, losing a game, yes. losing a decision, I should say. Yes, yeah, that was nice, huh? Yes, <laughs> it's okay, nice to have was, that guy on your that team. That was nice. Um, that's what I'm saying, though. That's why I don't know if you can uh, if you can really count on any more than that because for a month and a half, and then towards the end of the season, he was basically perfect. Now you're right about the rule changes. I know we asked uh, Mike Hazen about this last week. We're going to get more into that in a little bit, but the um, the rule changes are an interesting twist because some of the games over the weekend, and not just D-backs, but some of the games, the, the first couple games, were significantly shorter. I, I saw Jeff Passan tweeting that out, and, and, you know, obviously he follows baseball closer than anybody. We got to see it for more than a couple spring yeah. training games. And spring training games in general, the, the timing on those is all over the place because you're working all these guys in. But that's an encouraging sign. I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, baseball's too, it's got to be super short, and it's, you know, we only have an attention span for two hours. But if you have a bunch of four-and-a-half-hour, nine-inning games and there's 162 of them, if your team's not in the playoff race, people are going to lose interest. So you gotta, I, you got to adapt I, a little bit. I, listen, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I hate the pitch clock. I do. I can't stand. 15 seconds? 15, 20 seconds if somebody's on? Move it along. I'm just saying right now, we'll talk about this later. We will. But I, I just, I love all the rule changes, save for the pitch clock, ladies and gentlemen. Let me go back to the Diamondbacks. And you know what's going to be cool? What's going to be fun? I love a baseball team that knows how to manufacture runs. 
Yeah, this is kind of old school baseball. This, it, that's exactly what yeah. it is. Okay, old school baseball. And guess what? I'm not going to apologize for that, ladies no, and gentlemen. Not. I'm not going. As to. of January 3rd, you stopped apologizing. I, I love a team. Lay a bunt down. Are you kidding me? Steal second base. Hit behind the runner. Get him on. You know, I, I love sacrifice flies. Hitting behind the runner. Making contact. Manufacturing run. Taking an extra base. This is something I think we're going to see in spades from this team. And I cannot wait to watch that. And I love the fact when you flip it over, you got guys who are young, you got guys who are athletic, and guys who have a glove and can flash the leather and make plays. I, I steal runs. I love that, man. I can't wait to see what the Diamondbacks are able to do with these young guys. This this is the most um, encouraged I've been for them as a team going into a season in a few years. Oh yeah, you know, like last oh, yeah. year it was like, okay, yeah, I, you know, I want to see Alec Thomas. I'll say you, three for me at least because there always seems to be one or two teams in baseball each year. For as much as you and I rage on the fact that there's not there's no salary cap, so teams like the Dodgers and presumably the Red Sox, although they messed that up, and the Yankees are just always going to be there because they can overspend but there always does seem to be one or two teams that does it this way where they're just like okay well we're faster and more uh, you know athletic and better defensively than a lot of the other teams and they just come together as a group and go on a little bit of a run i'm concerned about the bullpen because it wasn't good last year so i I have to see it be better before i can sit here and be like oh they're going to contend for a playoff spot but i i I like a lot of what they have going their way this is tori lovello uh newsmakers last week talking about the roster heading into spring training first of all our front office um hit up a bunch of needs Uh, at the end of the season we had some conversations and uh they addressed some things that we all talked about as a group and uh, we know what they are and we have a very healthy set of um athletes that have stepped into this camp and they're ready to compete so i feel really good about the the roster the construction of it um and where we're at right now there's a certain energy in this camp that is very positive uh we all know what took place the back end of last year uh we know we know what 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 started to take place there there was something that happened inside of this clubhouse, but um, the, the caveat is that we got to go out there and execute and do it at a high level to win baseball games. You can't just throw names out there and expect to win. we got to find a way to get it done. Man, I love that right there. We all know. We all know what happened at the end of last year. We all understand, you know, we've got these young guys, and these young guys are really, really fun to watch play the game of baseball. Um, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens, of course. Can, can the Diamondbacks be a team, a 500 team? Can the Diamondbacks actually surprise some people? Um, it's interesting. I don't know if you've noticed, but you look across some of the publications that are out there, of course, and the websites that evaluate Major League Baseball, the the predictions are out there, the power polls are out there right now. A lot of these publications, a lot of these websites, they actually have the Diamondbacks in the middle, I would say in the middle, 18, somewhere in there, you know, 17 is, I think, the highest that I've actually seen. Some of them have them as low as 24, I've seen. But it's interesting to me that in the NL West, most of them have the Diamondbacks in front of the Giants and the Rockies. And as long as they're in front of the Rockies, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care. I forgot about Wolf's random rivalry with the Rockies. As long as they finish ahead of the Colorado Rockies. Wolf will be happy. Um, look, 17, 18, that's a whole lot better than where they were going into last season, for yeah. sure. And so your goal's not the middle ever in anything. But <laughs> being the middle, 
and having uh, upside, and they have legitimate upside. There's a there's an unknown ceiling on this team when you start to watch how Corbin Carroll uh, was playing last year at times. Certainly Jake McCarthy. He's another one. I don't know that Jake they can McCarthy, man. E- expect a ton more than they got from him in the second half of the season. Now, if he just wants to do that, I'm happy with that. But Corbin Carroll still has a ton of untapped potential. Alec Thomas. I mean, there's Gabriel Marino. And we'll talk more about him, but that guy they got in the Dalton Varsha trade, actually both of them, Guriel homered over the weekend, too. But Moreno's the one that's like, they baseball people love him as a potential like slugging catcher. So if they got something there, too, we'll see. But uh, obviously we'll be talking about that a lot today as the D-backs get set to take on the Cubs here at Salt River Fields. Texas, your thoughts? The FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. All right, I can't believe we waited this long. When we come back, ASU shocked Arizona with an improbable victory at the last second on Saturday. So could that get the Sun Devils into the NCAA tournament? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. So the final 2.9 seconds inbounded to Des Cambridge. Launches from backcourt. Oh! He made it! He made it! Oh! He made it! Cambridge knocks down a three from backcourt, and the Sun Devils have won it! The Sun Devils have won it on a desperation three-pointer from Des Cambridge! <laughs> Incredible! Let's go! Nothing but net from about 60 feet away for Des Cambridge. Oh, my goodness! It's March Madness in February, Wolf. I could listen to that call over, and we could just play that call for the next three and a half hours if you want. Um, that's just outstanding. Tim Healy, by the way, is going to join us later on in the show today to talk about the potential ramifications. You just heard uh, Sarah Cazell and her update. They talked to Casey Jacobson on the morning show, and he was like, look, that, that puts ASU firmly back in the conversation to make the NCAA tournament. So there's a lot at play here. Just the simple fact that he hit that shot. If you take the rivalry, you take the implications, you take all of that out of it. Just hitting that shot is crazy. Hitting it at the end of the game to win the game, and not it wasn't like, hey, we're going to overtime if I miss this. No, we're losing if I miss this. To hit it, to hit it in that moment, to hit it in Tucson, and to put yourself right back into the uh, firmly on the bubble here with just two games left in the regular season. That's huge. It's just huge isn't even a big enough yeah. word. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, honestly, uh, you know what a big fan I am of Bobby Hurley. Uh, I love his coaching style. I love the fact that he's got a lot of old school running out of the side of his neck. I don't think he's apologizing for it either. Um, sure didn't look like it after the game. You know, can I? <laughs> it did not look like it after the game. I loved watching his reaction on that right there. It was, I mean, Bobby, as we all know, uh, will get demonstrative from time to time. Would you agree with that? Luke? He, will, <laughs> he will get demonstrative. But anytime the human body, the arms go up, and you get stiff, and you don't, you can't even, we all know what that feels like, that you you just don't even know what to do, you're not going to wave your arms, you're just going to put your arms up right there, and you know, when you're just going to hold them, and you're going to know, I don't believe it, and then you're going to go into your your celebratory dance, whatever it is, uh, I, the, the look on his face, um, it was so cool to actually see that happen right there because Bobby understands that that shot by Cambridge Junior, that's, that shot gives them a chance 
to go into the coming weekend and actually do something special. It, it really does. And and his reaction was not just that. It was then to turn around and, and uh, I, it looked like at first he was talking to some ASU fans in the crowd, but then uh, obviously U of A fans are vocal and he's uh bobby hurley's not one who uh who shies away from uh verbal <laughs> confrontations i'm trying to figure out how to say this like sounding like a lawyer here's bobby hurley after the game and this is legit too he said if we, if we can beat u of a at McHale, anything is possible we've been through a lot as a team but we had some really good wins early in the season and hit a tough patch in the middle and, and uh we, we came full circle back to to being a big underdog and uh some people jumping ship on us and not thinking that, that we're that team, but we are that team, and the guys came out and proved it tonight. And, uh, you know, we're, we're excited for the rest of the way now because we know if you could go toe-to-toe with a team like Arizona on their home floor this late in the season, and, and, and you know, they're, they're still in the, they were in the hunt for the number one seed in the conference championship, you know, depending on what happens the rest of the way with UCLA. So, you know, it's... Uh, they, they have a lot to play for, and uh, you know, we, our guys fought and got done. Yeah, look, if you remember all the way back on New Year's Eve, uh, U of A beat ASU, but it was it was close, and ASU couldn't hit a three. I mean, yes. <laughs> you figure they're not going to shoot that poorly from three, uh, and they didn't in this case. And then this time they just started hitting 60-footers, but... Um, you know, if we're at that time of year where you have to you have to declare if you went to ASU or U of A, and I obviously went to ASU. I wouldn't be wearing this hat if I didn't. I'm not going to sit here and pretend U of A is not a good basketball program. That's a big win for ASU to go into Tucson and win yeah. that game on Saturday. Yeah, so much of the time when you're a college coach and you've got these young brains that are still in development, you've got these young guys that are still developing, you worry about two things in particular. You worry about when you're good, these guys getting overconfident. Confident. And so much of the time, you'll take out the metaphorical sledgehammer and beat them down because they're, they're, you don't want them to be overconfident in a, any game. And the other, the other aspect of this, the other coaching element, is a lot of times when, when you're struggling and you think they need a, a shot of confidence in the arm to get a win like this, to do it in the manner in which they did it, this right here, a coach can really build on with his players. That's why it's really interesting what's coming up. UCLA on Thursday and then, of course, USC this weekend. So, to me, it's it's fascinating. He can use this game as a real springboard and building their confidence, saying, this is who we are. This is what we're capable of doing. Even beating the number 7 team in the country, beating the U of A on their floor, the miracle at McHale. This is what we're capable of when we do things right. And you know he's hammering this all week long. When ASU's 20-9 and nine this year, they're 11-7 and seven in conference. So if you're doing what a lot of people do this time of year where you're kind of like, all right, football's over, time to focus in on spring training baseball and March Madness, right? Yes. ASU's fourth in the Pac-12 right now, and that's a big deal to stay in the top four going into the Pac-12 tournament because you get that first round bye. But you just mentioned it. They've got UCLA and USC coming up. So the, the, the way the conference stacks up right now, UCLA's in first, U of A's in second, USC's in third, and ASU's in fourth. If ASU somehow goes through and sweeps the next two games, they're in, right? I mean, you're, at that point, you'd be 22-9, and nine, and you would have closed out the regular season with wins over the only three teams ahead of you in the conference. You would have you'd been, be in. you got to be. You Regardless of what be. happens in the Pac-12 tournament, but, I think you'd but be But here's the deal. The split is what you worry about. Well, then you got to win probably a game in the Pac-12 tournament. 
just to feel safe. Something. Yeah, you got to do something to the Pac-12 tournament at that point in time. Something, yeah. I'm not saying you have to win it, but if you split it, um, you're probably going to have to do something, get a couple of wins. I'd, I'd feel good with two more wins before Selection Sunday. So if that's just win the next two games, all right, you're in. I would think, right? That would be, there'd be a lot of explaining on Selection Sunday if ASU beat U of A, UCLA, and USC to close out a season where they won 22 games yes. and didn't make the tournament. If you split, like you said, then you you may have to uh, you may have to get some stuff done in the in the Pac-12 tournament or at least win a game in there. Uh, Joe Lenardi had him in his first four outs as of Saturday. And Joe Lenardi's usually you know pretty good at putting. Uh, teams in a range. I mean, that, that puts you firmly on the bubble. I was looking at Ken Palm, because Ken Palm's usually pretty good for this stuff this time of year. And he has him 61st overall, but he has their adjusted defense at 34. And before you ask me what adjusted defense means, according yes. to Ken Palm, right. I have absolutely no That's idea. Okay. But typically teams with a good adjusted defense or adjusted offense, according to Ken Palm, are typically pretty good. It's just going to be very, very cool to watch this team over this coming weekend. Again, I know it's Thursday. That's not quite the weekend. But you get my point. Um, I think they could actually lose the UCLA game. And as long as they win that USC, I, I think they still got a bona fide shot of actually getting into the tournament if they split. And you beat U of A with a 60-foot shot at the end of the game in Tucson. I mean, that, that alone is that's instantly going to go down in the history of the rivalry as, as one of the more memorable finishes. No doubt about matter. it. It's already got a nickname. Uh, NASCAR returns to Phoenix Raceway March 10th through the 12th for the United Rentals Work United 500. Fans can look forward to many new, unique experiences and activities as the weekend kicks off a historic 2023 season at Phoenix Raceway. For your chance to experience this, head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win tickets. When we come back, talk to Dave Pash. What did he see from the Suns against the Bucks? He was on the call yesterday. We're going to ask the ESPN broadcaster and the voice of the Cardinals. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, we are live out here at Salt River Fields. D-backs getting set to take on the Chicago Cubs at 110 today. And uh, a lot going on. This is We're coming up on one of the top two sports months of the year, Wolf, with, uh, with March just around the corner. And big game for the Phoenix Suns yesterday. Still no Kevin Durant yesterday. Milwaukee didn't have Giannis. And it was a battle. Dave Pash, you know him, of course, as the voice of the Cardinals. But he was calling the game for ESPN yesterday. He joins us on the Arizona Sports Line. Dave, what's going on? Good morning, guys. How we doing? Doing pretty good We're out good, here. good, David. All right, that, uh, that game yesterday, at least on TV, Dave, looked like it had a, a playoff atmosphere to it or a playoff feel to it. When you're sitting there calling it, did you feel the same? Absolutely. It was great. Even Hubie, a couple times uh, during commercial breaks, would say to me, hey, this, these, these guys are getting after each other. <laughs> like, it's physical. Um, it, it definitely felt like a playoff game. And, look, they're two excellent teams. And I think at full strength, they might be the two best teams. Although Boston, after watching what they did to Philadelphia, they're so tough. Uh, I have Denver this week. I'm really looking forward to seeing them play Memphis. And then I got Phoenix at Dallas on, on Sunday. So I'm really, uh, I, I really think the next few weeks we're going to get a better feel after all these trades have been made for 
you know, who are the teams that really benefited from those deals and who are the teams that are still kind of stuck in the mud. It feels like Dallas right now might be one of those teams that even though it has Kyrie Irving, hasn't really improved itself. But look, we, we got to allow these teams some time. And I think Phoenix fans should feel the same way. It's going to take some time for everybody to get used to KD and KD to get used to everybody else. But I will say this, guys, and I, I know I've said this on your show, and Wolf, you and I have talked about this a lot off the air. Listening to Monty talk yesterday about Kevin Durant's work ethic and the impact that he's already had on the team, yeah. he phrased it, man. Like he said, when he's in there first thing before anybody else and he's working out with the coaches, to Kevin Durant, I love this quote, it's life and death. <laughs> like he works out like his life depends on it. And he said, the players, and Monty's like, I tried to tell them, um, they're just starting to figure out, like, this is what this guy puts into the game, and it's already had a huge impact. Yeah, you know what, David? I, I just think of that. If, if, in fact, you're telling me that Kevin Durant is the first one into the building and one of the last ones to leave, and he's putting in all of this work right now, um, hopefully that will continue, and I'm sure it will when they when when he's actually playing in games. But the impact that can have, David, on his teammates, those around him right now, hey, if it's good enough for Kevin Durant, what's your excuse? That is that is powerful locker room changing stuff right there, David. And I don't think they need a locker room change. I think there's already an excellent culture uh, with the Suns. But then you add Kevin Durant, even though you lost Mikkel Bridges, who is a big part of building that culture, you add Kevin Durant, it, it enhances it. And look, it's 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 another voice along with Devin Booker who's a great worker, and Chris Paul, who's a great worker. It's just another voice where, yeah, get in line, where the players hold each other accountable, and that's how you win championships. Talking to Dave Pash, uh, Dave, obviously those two teams met a couple years ago in the finals, and it's tough to get a full read off yesterday's game because they were missing Giannis and the Suns were missing KD, and they do play again here in a couple weeks. Now, I'll believe it when I see it that everybody's on the floor for both teams in the NBA in 2023, but what do you think of that matchup just in general? Drew Holiday always seems to play so well against the Suns. What do you think of that matchup for Phoenix? Well, Milwaukee, with the addition of Crowder, Bobby Portis returning from injury, uh, I I feel like Milwaukee is the deepest team right now in the NBA. And I I still feel like Phoenix has depth. They've got to figure out how are they going to use and and handle the minutes of Ish Wainwright, uh, Ross, and Warren. You know, Warren didn't play yesterday. Ross is either the first or the second guy off the bench. The backup big will depend on whether they're playing a team like Milwaukee or a team that you know maybe is less physical. Um, I, I think it's a it's a matchup for Phoenix that again, depending on Kevin Durant, Katie's an excellent defender. You know, how how do you stop Giannis? How many different guys are you throwing at him? And you mentioned Drew Holiday. He, he's a problem. You know, he's an all-star. He's a veteran. Their culture and their makeup is similar to Phoenix's in terms of how they do things. And it, it's, look, it's a, it's a matchup we could see in the finals of that question. So, David, as you look at Kevin Durant as well and his first game as a Phoenix Sun, hopefully it's going to come up this Wednesday night. But are you going to try to force the issue with KD? Are you going to get him the ball and try to force the issue with him? Or are you going to let him just ease into the lineup? Which tactic do you think the Suns will take? 
Well, I think they've been they've had an opportunity to scrimmage with them, and that was one of the things. And I, I mentioned this on the air on our ABC telecast yesterday. But Monty Williams told us, look, if Kevin Durant's 24, he's probably playing already. But you know, he's 34 years old. He's coming off a knee injury. It, it takes a little time uh, ramping up. It takes more time to ramp up. Um, I, I know you know people bought tickets and wanted to go to the game on Friday and see Kevin Durant. And obviously, we wanted to see him. Uh, that game was on ESPN. And then obviously, with an ABC audience yesterday, of course, we wanted to see him. But it, it, it's taking a little bit more time just because of his age, not because there's any sort of setback or anything. But I think, with that said, that the scrimmage time together, it, it's going to be seamless when they start playing games. I think you're just going to – they're not going to be um, – I don't think it'll be a difficult transition at all. There aren't any hurdles to overcome because, again, you've got a player that, that plays so well with everybody else. You know, it'll be interesting at the end of games. You know, who's the guy taking the shot? I think it's just going to differ each game. Who's on the floor, time and score, situations, all that. Who's got the hot hand? Um, and I can't wait to see how that all plays out. All right, Dave, we're, we're kind of losing you. We're going to let you go and, and try to reconnect here in just a second. That's, uh, that's Dave Pash calling in there. And, of course, he was um, he was, he was was calling the game. He wasn't just at the game yesterday. But uh, that matchup in general and, and two teams that are, are going to add you know, when they're both health, healthy, arguably the two best players in the NBA. Add the two best players to the NBA to that matchup yesterday. And it's just such a different game when the Suns play the Bucks because I like the Suns' defense for good chunks of that game. And Milwaukee, I mean, there was, I think it was Torrey Craig. There was a player where Torrey Craig got a rebound and went up to take a shot. There was three Bucks in the air ready to block the shot. Like, that team just plays nasty defense. Yeah, you know, it does. Um, One of the things that I love talking to David here, Dave Pash, of course, joining us before we had some technical difficulties right there, is just the fact that Monty Williams is talking about the work ethic of Kevin Durant. It just brings me back. It takes me back into the locker room when I hear of these great players that have a work ethic like KD has. Um, Listen, I don't know if the drama surrounding Kevin Durant and Brooklyn was his drama or it was drama coming from Kyrie Irving or James Harden or somebody else. I really don't know. But I do know this right here. I love what has been reported thus far on Kevin Durant and the way he's going about his business right now in this locker room. Uh, Dave Pash back with us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Dave, the other element to that game yesterday, of course, was it was strange seeing Jay Crowder on Milwaukee. I'm I'm not going to say that's as strange as watching Mikel Bridges play for Brooklyn, but the Suns matching up against Jay Crowder when he was so instrumental in getting them to those finals, uh, that finals matchup with Milwaukee a couple years ago. What what was that sort of uh, that that whatever that was out there on the floor? What was the environment between him and the Suns? Hopefully, you guys can hear me now. I'm not sure what happened. Sorry about that. Yeah, we're good. Um, you're good. I didn't sense any difference. It, it honestly just felt like. Uh, I mean, obviously, we talked about it, and we talked uh, to. Uh, the, the Suns about it and talked to the Bucks about it. And I know Cassidy Hubbard talked to Jay about it. And depending on who you ask, you, you get a different answer as to you know who was really responsible for why he wasn't uh, uh, playing for the Suns. But it didn't seem like it was uh, there was really any noticeable change in the in- level of intensity in terms of oh it's Jay Crowder against his former teammates. I think guys move so often now I, I just feel like you know these guys lock in and they're not even thinking about it it's discussion for us and we talk about it obviously you know leading into the game but i think once the game's actually going I, i'm not sure they they really care 
So, David, just to just to hold you down, because you know I am the producer, I'm going to ask you the producer question. Oh, if you're producing, we're all in trouble. <laughs> right now, David, how good do you think the Phoenix Suns will be with Kevin Durant? Look, I, I think it puts them over the top. I've said that before in the West and possibly the NBA. I think you probably have six or seven teams that could win – the championship. I think this is a great time in the NBA, where this has been like this now for you know four or five years, uh, maybe even longer than that. Uh, maybe going back to when LeBron was uh, in Miami. Um, although Golden State had those teams where he pretty much expected them to win, I guess. But it, it feels like the last four or five years that there's a handful of teams, maybe even more than that, that can win it. No, nobody, I don't think, saw Golden State winning it last year after their regular season. I know they had a lot of the same pieces, but, you know, no Kevin Durant. They still won it last year. I think when you had a player like KD, um, you've got enough offense to be able to beat anybody. And obviously matchups are a big deal. You know, what if the Lakers get in the play-in and they get in the playoffs? You know, you don't want to see them, I don't think, with the way that they're constructed. I don't think you want to see the Clippers in the first round, the way that they're put together. Um, you know, we didn't see what, you know, no one saw coming the, the loss to Dallas last year. But if you put all that aside, I, I think you just look at the Suns roster, their coaching staff, their culture, the rest of the West, I, I think they're at the top. Dave Pash, great stuff as always, man. Thank you for the time. Thank you, David. All right, guys. Take care. So. That's Dave Pash joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. We'll get back into this later, Wolf, but it, it, it did feel like watching that game that if the Suns get back at full strength and they're able to pull this all together, you could make a case Milwaukee's maybe the one team that stands between them and a title. You really could. If, if, if they are humming along and playing at full strength and Milwaukee's at full strength, that's going to be a battle if they meet. Yeah, it's just, you know, you want to see it. You want to see how KD blends with this team. We fully expect them to, but you got to see it yeah, first. It's time to, to start seeing it because it's not just KD. It's some of the other guys. And we'll get into the rotation stuff, too. We still haven't seen Darius Baisley. We're not seeing much T.J. Warren. Uh, when we come back, football, though, there are reports suggesting the Chicago Bears are leaning toward moving that number one pick in the NFL draft. So how would that affect the Cardinals at three? We'll get into it next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.